Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time this week we're going to put you in the control room of EMI Studios, as well as a couple of others, with our first episode to feature control room monitor mixes. You might ask, what are control room monitor mixes? They're recordings that are made while an artist is listening back to rough mixes of tracks that they've recorded but haven't finished yet. Often they include the artists and producer discussing the song and arrangement, and might even feature a possible harmony idea or instrumental part sung or played over the mix. The interesting thing about these particular mixes is that the songs are frequently at a stage where the final elements heard on the released mix are either not recorded yet or mixed out while the artist and producer fine-tune different parts of the song. We're going to start the show with a few monitor mixes from the With the Beatles sessions. While the master tapes for the majority of the Beatles' debut album, Please Please Me, have survived, most of the tapes from their sophomore release have disappeared. Therefore, there's a dearth of material from these sessions. There are, however, some control room monitor mixes that we'll hear tonight. We'll begin with a jazzy piano and drum instrumental, presumably played by Paul and Ringo, followed by an early version of Please Mr. Postman. The Beatles had already recorded the Marvelettes song twice for BBC Radio, with a different, albeit less authoritative, arrangement, and had been playing it live since early 1962. When they performed the song on their first radio show, Here We Go, on March 7th, it was the first Tamla song ever played on BBC Radio. When they entered the studio on July 30th, the Beatles played their original arrangement for the first two takes and went as far as recording a double-tracked Lennon lead vocal. These takes start with the guitar playing the piano lick heard in the Marvelettes version. Originally, this lick was used to bring in each verse, but the Beatles decided to use it as an intro lick as well as throughout the verse, which begins to get repetitive after a while. After listening to the playback, they decided to alter the arrangement, adding a drum and vocal stop time intro, the drum breaks at the end of the song, and the subtler lead guitar licks. We'll follow with an early take of It Won't Be Long that lacks the overdubbed guitar and bass riffs and features a much rougher vocal from Lennon. We'll then hear McCartney's Can't Buy Me Love, take one. At this stage, the song was in a different key, swung a little bit harder, and featured backing vocals from Lennon and Harrison, although they hadn't quite gotten them right yet. At the end of the take, you could hear George making that observation.
We'll follow with two songs from the Rubber Soul era that demonstrate how their lyrics had transformed from the simple boy-meets-girl pop of the Beatlemania years to the more biting social commentary heard only two years later. First, an alternate monitor mix of the group's 11th single, Day Tripper, a song that Lennon and McCartney claimed was about weekend hippies. Note that the technical glitch heard after the instrumental section is there at this early stage, although it was later fixed for the 2001 compilation, as well as the remastered Past Masters. We'll then hear an instrumental mix of the Lennon composition Girl, a track that not only features the acoustic guitars of Lennon and Harrison, but also the Greek stringed instrument the bazooki, an instrument that was given to George Martin. Both songs also featured slick sexual innuendos in the lyrics.
We're back with more control room monitor mixes on the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. We're going to continue with two McCartney songs from Revolver that demonstrate his uncanny ability to write ballads that are lyrically and musically completely dissimilar, where for no one tells the tale of a relationship at its somewhat bleak conclusion. Here, there, and everywhere is a jubilant celebration of love and a favorite composition of both Lennon and McCartney. These monitor mixes are of particular interest due to the muting of different parts throughout the listening session, providing an inside look at the individual elements that built the songs in a stripped-down manner. We'll follow with two of Lennon's psychedelic masterpieces from 1967, although the initial sessions for the first song were done in 1966. The early instrumental mixes of Strawberry Feels Forever and I Am the Walrus are unadorned, giving the listener a glimpse at a rhythm section in top form, tackling some unorthodox chord progressions with a rock-steady feel. The imagery created by the lyrics shows Lennon at his most imaginative and demonstrates how much his songwriting had developed over a relatively short period of time. She wakes up, she makes up, she takes her time and doesn't feel she has to hurry. forget her and in her eyes you see nothing no sign of love beyond the tears but you know a love that should have lasted years Here, making each day a 
Next up, a few from 1968. We'll begin with Lennon's Across the Universe, a recording that resulted in numerous released versions, although the same basic track recorded in February was used as the basis for them all. The purpose of the sessions held between February 3rd and February 11th was to record a single before the group headed to Rishikesh, India. Lennon offered Across the Universe, but was never happy with any of the released versions, even attempting to re-record it during the Get Back sessions. Those takes occurred nearly a year after the initial recording, and Lennon couldn't remember the lyrics, something that was a common problem for him. An assistant had to be sent out to procure a copy of the World Wildlife Fund's charity album, No One's Gonna Change Our World, on which it appeared. The version featured on the LP, organized by comedian Spike Milligan and released in December 1969, had sound effects of birds added in order to keep with the wildlife theme. McCartney's contribution to the sessions would become the A-side of their next single, Lady Madonna. Based on Fats Domino's Bad Penny Blues, the final mix featured two drum parts by Starr and a boogie-woogie piano part played by McCartney, but tonight's monitor mix will focus primarily on the vocals. We'll then hear a song from the White Album, Lennon's Sexy Sadie. This mix is interesting not only because it's an early take of the song featuring heavy acoustic guitar, but because of the comments made by Lennon and McCartney discussing the merits of the take. At the end, we even get to hear Yoko Ono's opinion. Suns and calls me on and on. 
where it all happened. Remember the bit when all that happened? And then this one, you know where George Martin's talking to George over the intercom? I think it's probably, it might be recorded. Yeah. Yeah, they're still recording. So when all that happened, and the, the song before it, when they kept sort of interrupting it, you know, we kept it on. You know the bit I mean? Yeah, yeah. to close the show tonight with solo tracks by both Lennon and McCartney. We'll start with the mixing session for a song co-written with Harry Nielsen, Old Dirt Road, from Lennon's 1974 album Walls and Bridges. The song was written by the duo while working on Nielsen's Pussycats album, which Lennon produced and appeared on Nielsen's 1980 album Flash Harry. We'll follow with McCartney's 1982 single Take It Away from Tug of War. The top 10 single featured two drummers, not only Ringo Starr, but also session ace Steve Gatt. George Martin played Fender Rhodes electric piano, and 10cc guitarist Eric Stewart also contributed. The end of this mix is quite interesting because of the change of feel the band goes into after the release version faded out. Enjoy. With you. Right on. Thank you. 
Well, that's it for this week, Beatles fans. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, Volume 1, 1962-1963, and also the Steely Dan FAQ. Tune in every Sunday night at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear more deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles tracks, live cuts, and much, much more. You could follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at ShadyBearBKLYN, and like the Facebook page for I Want to Tell You. You could stream past shows on SoundCloud or iTunes, or you could link to it from the website, TheBeatlesIWantToTellYou.com. See you next week.